this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. We're here. You're here. Us. Us here. Hot studio. Hot studio tonight. We got a hot one. It's not tonight. It's 1.21 p.m. Central mm-hmm. Time, but it is a hot one. Because there's a big stink in the house, isn't there? <laughs> and I'm not talking about the child that doesn't sleep or eat or do anything. Although he does stink. He does do a stink every now and then. Um, We have a second floor laundry room that has a drain in it. If the drain does not get water in it for a while. Yeah, it gets angry. It starts to release a stink. A bad stink. And Rachel tried to fix it. And I don't want to say say this and make you mad, but it made it way stinkier. And it's everywhere now. It's in the kitchen. It's everywhere. It's got to get worse before it gets better. The house has a big stink and we're going through it. Like Like the one guy, I think maybe Teddy Roosevelt or somebody like that said, if you're going through heck keep going so griffin opened up all the windows and it's a very hot day in austin muggy and uh, there's nothing that is harder for me yeah than a sweaty record but i'll do it you know what's totally jacked dude is (laughs) i stepped outside this morning to take our big son to date the one who eats and sleeps to um to daycare and it was so it was like already like 85 and just like so muggy and i said that i said wow it's so muggy and he said what's muggy mean and i was like it means it's humid and he said what's humid mean <laughs> and i was like it's like when the air is wet and he was like rain i was like no damn it this oh, is hard to man. explain it's like the air itself is kind of wet my friend uh, Charlie used to say it's like being in somebody's mouth. And I feel like that's a good way to describe it. But you it. also understand why, like, with the brand that I've been trying to escape from for, <laughs> yeah, like, half a decade now, like, why I couldn't say something like that. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, good. Hey, you got any small wonders? I do, and I'm going to reveal our secret shame, and I'm sorry that I'm doing it here on the podcast. Please but, don't. Please no. But my small wonder is a series that we have been watching compulsively. Listen, we're having a very difficult time. <laughs> this is an extremely difficult chapter in our lives, and it's okay. Just to couch it, um, I don't even remember how we started. I don't either. But we have been watching Married at First Sight. It's 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 actively bad television. It's a terrible premise. It's, the, it's a terrible premise made unethically. Yes, just pure. It's it is a gross show to watch, but. They bring people on with advanced credentials to try and make it seem like it is an experiment. But what yeah. it really is, is making people get married before they've met each other. Yeah. And we started watching it. And then we found that there were a lot of seasons on Hulu. And it's pretty much all we watch lately. Yeah. Uh, it's Well, we, because we watch TV with the sound <laughs> off in the dark in our bedroom while you hold our baby from like 8 p.m. to like 6 a.m. Uh, so yeah, it's not, we don't want to watch good television. So yeah, yeah, we've been watching it and it's the most poorly made television. It, what, what I enjoy about it is like half the shots are out of focus. (laughs) It's on the Lifetime Network and it's like the Lifetime version of The Bachelor where it's just like, they don't, they're not very good at pointing a camera at a thing Uh and recording it. Uh And that brings me a, a, a great deal of joy when I'm feeling very exhausted. Yeah. And, and so it's not a, what one would say a, a wonderful show, but it has been wonderful to us mm-hmm. in this time where our brains hurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, What's your small wonder? Uh, we, so we got Big Son in daycare and we get photos every, every now and then. And he's such a special, weird kid. <laughs> yeah. And I, you feel a little guilty like putting him into the 
the system like this, although it's a, a Montessori school. So like how much of a system could it possibly be? But yeah. they send photos through the app sometimes. And in every single one, he's like wearing a, a crown made out of paper and like putting his dukes up like he's fighting like a Power Ranger or something. And you yeah. know, no other kid in there is bringing that particular I know. He's always by himself. He's always by himself (laughs) flexing and looking like a tough guy. Um, I think he is his best friend in the class lately, at least so it seems, is the teacher herself. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, you go first this week. Okay. Uh, My first thing, and I am speaking generally, I'm going to use the word your, but I'm not talking about you in particular, Griffin McElroy, but I'm going to say your 20s. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, so I had to <laughs> think. Of, I had to think about it for a second, and like twenty three on for me, it was like dope, like yeah. really good stuff. Yeah, no. See, you're lucky in that way because a lot of people have pretty terrible twenties. Is that true? I feel like twenties is is good is good time for most folks. Well, it's just, it's a time where you have all these expectations and goals and uh, the world isn't necessarily ready for you. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of people experience that and they um, have a very frustrating experience with their 20s. Sure. I I don't really think I hit my stride with my 20s. I mean, I think it started when I was 25 that I started to feel like I've got a handle on this. And then maybe 27 when yeah. I was like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I will say the 20s is like where the rolling start of your life stops, where you're like in high school, you're like, can't wait till I get to college. And then when you get to college, it's like, once I'm done with college, it's really going to happen for me. And then once you get out of college, it's like, once I get past these awkward post-college years, everything's going <laughs> to happen for me. And then once you hit a certain point in your 20s, it's like, Oh, this is oh, I'm I'm fucking in it now. That's undeniable. Well, and even if you don't go to college, you have this experience of like kind of all being in the same place as your friends. Absolutely, yeah. We're making a lot of generalizations about what your life looks like, and that is not fair or true. Yeah, like I had a a handful of friends that didn't go to college. I had some that got married really, really early, but we all were kind of in this same place of like, what am I going to do? You know, like, what's important to me? Which of these friends am I still going to talk to? Yeah. (laughs) Like, and being in the same place is something that, as you get older, gets harder and harder to do. Yeah, sure. We talk a lot about that now that, like, we have multiple children, uh, and it is becoming immediately harder and harder to, like, have a social life. It's just like you, you feel yourself start to diverge in paths, and then it becomes harder to, to kind of keep it going. This is a fun show. (laughs) Or we talk about things that we like. Did we say that? Maybe not. It is a fun show. Well, I wanted to say, like, for me, like, my 20s, like, I look back on really fondly, but I think it's because I have, like, the advantage of hindsight and also the advantage of realizing that my experience was not particularly unique. Right. Um, And and I say that because there's a lot of data to suggest now that, that your 20s look different. Like, when I finished college, I thought, I'm supposed to find a job, and this is going to be my forever job. Yeah. And I'm moving to a city, and this is going to be my forever city. Yeah, no. Um, But a third of people in their 20s move to a new residence every year. Yeah. Uh, 40% move back home with their parents at least once. Uh, This is from a New York Times article in 2010. Um, well, even that, like, it's, that was a, that's an 11 year old article. I know. People in their 20s go through an average of seven jobs. Uh, 
and two-thirds spend at least some time living with a romantic partner without being married. Huh. Um, That's a sin, but okay. <laughs> we don't do a good enough job on that on this show, and it's something I'd like to get better at, is when something is obviously a big sin, we can just say, like, oh, that's a sin, and maybe we can so, have, like, yeah. a little bell that we ring to let uh-huh. people know, like, hey, don't do, um, don't do this, it's bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, man, go nuts. Uh, yeah, and so this the other thing that like came about when I was actually in my 20s is people started talking about the quarter-life crisis. Okay. Do you remember hearing about this? Yeah, I feel like you could say pretty much, I'm in a 34-year-old life crisis, right? <laughs> I feel like it's just a big, I feel like it's just a big crisis. So it was like it was like an actual book, like it was a thing. Oh, that, like, I see. It, it's like an actual expression. It's it, it encompasses four typical stages, which oh. is that you're you're suddenly locked into some kind of commitment at work or home, right, uh, or an apartment or a relationship, uh, and then you leave that. And then you become kind of like lonely and you have this like crisis of recalibrating yeah, uh, and finding kind of a new version of yourself on the other side of it. Yeah. Or um, sometimes just the the lonely one goes for <laughs> a while, a while. It goes for a while, the lonely Yeah. Guy. You know, I was thinking a lot, too, about like uh, it's kind of your first experience of like picking your your friends and your circle in a way mm-hmm. like if you go to school you kind of become friends with people out of circumstance sure and then there's a certain point where all of a sudden it's like you're in charge of choosing your circumstance and you have to kind of figure that out yeah uh and a lot of times you're like hold on to those friendships uh maybe past their yeah their prime sure. um so I, there's another, there's a book called The Rocket Years, How Your 20s Launch the Rest of Your Life that came out in 2020. Hey, that's appropriate. <laughs> and uh, it talks about um, kind of that experience of what 20s look like now. And they did a study that said 95% of older Gen Zs and millennials think that finding a career is the most important objective in their 20s. that's interesting so like in previous it was like you know finding a partner or like having kids or buying a house but like now it's like a focus on a career but for most people it takes between 10 and 15 years to find a job that actually aligns with your skills which is fair like and this article said a lot about uh you know, you have this concept of the dream job and you want to work for this like great cause. And, you know, like for me, like I was very focused on like getting a job in publishing and then I really wanted to work at a nonprofit and I kept picking things that paid very little and didn't actually have me doing the work that I cared about. Yeah. Uh, so then and- you became a grant writer at a community <laughs> college where all the, <laughs> where money, the money is, <laughs> baby. <laughs> well, it's definitely more stable. I will say that I, I, I'm confident that I will have a job next year, which right. is not something I could have said about anything no, before this. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so all that to say, like, it, there's this ethic around, like, finding something you care about, but then there's all these compromises involved in it, and that can leave you feeling kind of disenchanted. And so the article was like, it is not a dream job if you do not have benefits and or, like, can't afford to live where you're living. Yeah, for sure. In that job. Yeah. I mean, it's that desire that led to so many sort of, like, predatory, in like, internships. Come intern at our company, and the experience is going to yeah. be great. It's never going to turn into anything, but <laughs> come on down. Yeah. Um, And then the last thing I'll just go back to is that like that friend circle that I was talking about. So there's a lot of research that shows your circle of friend peaks at like age 25 uh, and that like 
the average person in their 20s has like 18 close friends, which yeah. I think is a little bit of... That's a lot. That's that a lot. good to me. <laughs> I would love like to have lot. 18 close friends. No, well, that's the suggestion is that it starts to decline from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was really fortunate, uh, and I think Griffin benefited from this too, in that I came to Austin and I just suddenly had this huge friend network, which right. is, and I was like in my late 20s at the time. And it was really kind of exceptional because most of the people I knew had seen like a decline in their friendship. And I just had like a huge skyrocket yeah. from doing AmeriCorps, uh, and that has made such a huge difference for me. And I look back on that time really fondly because a lot of those friendships I still have now. Of course, yeah. And they were all kind of founded around this idea of like, we're all excited to be in the city. You know, we want to do things that are important, you know, and we're all kind of figuring our lives out now, uh, you know, after we've had a little time to kind of figure out who we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's uh, when you mentioned the topic, I thought like, that's such a broad, cause that, that you're talking about a 10 year span, which could <laughs> yeah. mean anything to anyone who lives. For in me, it. I'm really talking about the last five years of your twenties, but well, I, I talking pre- about the musical. The one's like, Jamie is, Jamie is gone. I should learn more than three words of that musical, huh? What 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 are you? It's doing? called the last five. There's a musical that is. Uh, it's called the last five years. Oh, and it's about uh, I, I believe a painful divorce. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So like the marriage story, but to song. It's like marriage story, <laughs> but it doesn't got Kylo Ren in it. Maybe I don't know. Actually, I didn't see the film version. So, uh, I guess that was a good one. Can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time, yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible. That's um, th- for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, "Anything is possible!" In the wow, background. yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com/slash/wonderfulpod for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code WONDERFULPOD to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin, yeah, you know it's a shame. Mm-hmm. What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. 
These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Got a couple boom boom bops here. Can I read the first one? Yes. It's for Courtney and future Cindy. And it's from past Cindy, a.k.a. Stan, Queen of Con. Dear Courtney, thanks for being the lady in nerding to my Queen of Con, bringing me SoCal sunshine and introducing me to the McElroys. You'll be an amazing nurse. Dear future Cindy, you may not be prepping for a PhD, but other dreams and projects are fueling your soul. Remember, your unapologetic enthusiasm brings oodles of joy. I love you both. I said fueling your soul there like I was fucking Shang Tsung <laughs> from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> fueling your soul. <laughs> There's something about a Jumbotron that makes you want to, like, adopt your announcer voice. Yeah, that I mean, it's called a Jumbotron. Fair. It's right there on the tin. Uh, can I read the next one? Please. It is for Van. It is from Callie Vanford. You're the best brother I could ever imagine, and since moving back to Texas, spending time together is the only thing that's kept me sane. I am so proud of you and your accomplishments, and I know there's even more to come. You're going to be amazing. Let's get Taco Bell and play TKO next weekend, yeah? Love you so much, Calliope. I miss TKO. I miss playing Jackbox games with the crew. We did that so much during quarantine when we would do Zoom calls all the time. That was fun. I know. Our friend that had scheduled the regular Zoom calls was like, oh, we don't need these anymore. And part of me was like, we still do. We We still do. We're still trapped in our house. From the internationally acclaimed creators of Who Shot Ya comes the movie podcast Maximum Film. Starring producer and film festival programmer Drea Clark as a woman bound by passion. I saw this eight months ago on the festival circuit. And I loved it. Film critic Alonzo Duralde as a man corrupted by greed. Why watch one Hallmark Christmas movie when I can watch seven? And comedian Ifiwadiwe as a man protecting a love that society simply won't accept. I think Pacific Rim is a perfect movie. And if you can't accept that, then I want you out of my life. From the makers of the movie podcast, Who Shot Ya? comes Maximum Film. That's right. We changed the name of our show to Maximum Film. But don't worry. We're still a movie review show that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. So tune in to Maximum Film at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, may I do mine? Yes. Do we have time? Is baby still asleep? Baby is still asleep. All right. There's no way I'm going to make it through this. No, you're not. But let's get started. Let's get started. (laughs) We talk a lot about sort of exotic, adorable animals on this (laughs) show. We do. A lot. Yes. But today, I want to talk about a little guy that we overlook so frequently. A little guy that lives in our backyard and also everywhere on the whole planet. I am talking about the humble squirrel. 
Oh. It's a humble squirrel. I feel like if squirrels... Here we go. Here we go, guys. Get ready. Get ready. (laughs) (laughs) This may just be my own sort of twisted sort of view, but uh, I think if squirrels weren't the pigeons of rodents, we'd be stoked every time we saw one. Like, we would be going to... The like to the zoo or to like their their natural habitat yeah. wherever they may live to go and see a squirrel if not for the fact that we see a hundred thousand squirrels every day. I will say, man, if it is furry, like I, you've already got a, a plus in my book. And so, like, I saw a bunny the other day. Yeah, and I, I just like I felt like I needed to tell someone. <laughs> You could have told me. I know I should have. I would have been stuck. <laughs> just if, just as a mental exercise, you listening at home, if you're not operating a motor vehicle, close your eyes and just like <laughs> imagine that squirrels weren't everywhere, and then think about how good they are. Yeah, that that bushy tail, the bushy tail, mm-hmm. the little face, the, the way they sit, the way they sit, the way they eat a nut. <laughs> it's it's all pretty good stuff. And then the leaping from tree to tree. Yeah, yeah. Like a monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, so there's a like a billion different kinds of squirrels of varying colorations and sizes and habitats and all that jazz. You got tree squirrels. Yeah. There's also ground squirrels, which like oh. marmots and prairie dogs. Whoa. That's a ground. A prairie dog is a ground squirrel? Yeah, it's part of that whole part of that whole family. Uh wow. chipmunks. Um they even got flying squirrels now. So it's just like nowhere's nowhere is safe from squirrel. <laughs> if you since, got a nut, nowhere is safe. Ever since the Wright Squirrel Brothers invented uh-huh. the capability to yeah, fly. Exactly. Well, there's not ocean squirrels, I guess. If you got a nut that you need to Yet. hide. Depends on when you're listening to this podcast. That's a good point. Maybe there are ocean squirrels. You think in the future they're going to come up with that technology? A little Jacques Cousteau squirrel. Oh, shit. That's good. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> um, so I just, I haven't, I don't know that I've ever seen a squirrel that wasn't at least like a little bit adorable. And the yeah. ones that I guess arguably are not are like the big hulksters, like the big ass absolute unit guys that we get. We get these huge sort of like, very yeah. dark furred squirrels yeah. that like run up on our deck sometimes. Yeah. And we see them and we're, it's like a it's like a, very big. a dog or a yeah. cat has yeah. showed up and it's it's so exciting every time. That one that one is when we point out to each other like, look at that big squirrel. <laughs> and that's always very exciting. Um so the most common squirrel is the eastern gray squirrel. Which uh, there's over two billion of those bad boys. Those liberal elite squirrels. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so but there's over 280 different species of squirrels. Uh, n- none of them, I, I believe, have two billion uh, uh, in their number. But uh, the, some of them are actually quite endangered. There's some. There's some oh. squirrels that are like there's less than a hundred of them, um, and. They belong to a classification, all squirrels do, and I'd never heard this word before, and it's so good, of uh, synanthropes, or perhaps synanthropes, S-Y-N-A-N-thropes, and that refers to an animal species that, like, lives in harmony with humans and, like, benefits from their uh, being adjacent to, to human civilization. Interesting. So pigeons are 
also sort of in that category. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was really interesting. They eat nuts mostly because they can't digest cellulose. And there are some rare reports of ground squirrels eating meat when push really came to shove. <laughs> uh, there were studies done on like the droppings of different sort of ground squirrels. Uh, and some of the some of the bigger marmot boys were like had some lizard stuff and tiny, wow. tiny bones in their their yeah. stuff. Uh, but they're fortunately very few reports of human attacks. <laughs> I don't think they've ever taken one of us down. And maybe that's why I, we still all like them so much. Because <laughs> the scoreboard is still like so heavily in our favor. Um, and they're just so industrious. One of their uh, main predators for a long time, snakes, right? And oh. so what do they do? They got all kinds of ways. They learn to fight. Um, but the big thing that they've done, and it, I, it's so good, is they'll take dead rattlesnake skin, like shed rattlesnake skin, and chew it up, and then rub that stink on themselves to make like rattlesnake Whoa. perfume to like scare predators away. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they wear it. <laughs> they wear it. <laughs> they and put it on like a little costume. <laughs> they make tiny little boots out of it, and it's the cutest. Um, hey, did you know it's illegal to have a squirrel as a pet in Texas and also most of the other states? Oh. I did not know that. But what's a pet? Mm. Mm. That's my question. <laughs> if I wanted to see a squirrel, I could probably do that within the next 60 seconds, depending on which window I looked out yeah, of in yeah, our house. Yeah, yeah. And if I wanted to have a moment with that squirrel, I could have a squirrel moment. What is, what is a pet but that? I may not be able to touch it and pet it, and I don't think I would want to, but isn't that a pet? Mm. <laughs> I think a pet is something that you have ownership over, you know? like Oh, listen to you. Like if, who rescued who? <laughs> I'm asking. All, I'm saying That's I'm over fair. here saying all squirrels are my pet. The Supreme Court decision: Who rescued you? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was who versus who. Um, hey, did you know? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! I feel like my little nephew has come into the hey, studio. <laughs> hey, did you know? Hey, did you know that squirrels can turn their ankles 180 degrees backwards? Oh, and but. That's why they're like the only mammals that can climb down a tree face first. Think about that. What other, what other, you see a kitty cat oh. climb up a tree. If a kitty cat tries to climb down a tree, you gotta go, Fair. gotta go backwards. Squirrel though can turn its ankle completely Oof. around and then like hang from it like that. Wow. That's dope as, that. it's yeah. so sick. It's That's so radical. Cool. Yeah. You don't think about like, man, they sure do go around those trees real fast. <laughs> it's because they can turn their feet backwards. And that's great to me. I just think they're neat. <laughs> I just think they're neat. And it's wild to me that they're just, they're just like, they're just like clouds. You just see them and you're like, oh yeah, more, oh yeah, more squirrels. I will say we are saying this from a vantage point. We do not have crops. Uh, we do not have bird feeders. I don't think they go for many crops. I, I think they probably, they could probably mess up some Well, air. they can't digest like, like cellulose and, and plant fiber. Yeah, but they could so, really get in there and muck things up, you know. I guess, but so I mean, so could any creature. And then, I feel like and then your squirrel. bird feeder, right? Like, there's always the squirrels that are eating. Okay, all if I have a bird feeder and squirrels eat some of it, I'm like, okay, now it's a squirrel feeder too. Like, there's nothing <laughs> they're saying. I'm not going to yell at a squirrel like, "Get out of there! That's for birds." Another animal in nature. Who can, who gives a shit? <laughs> oh man. 
Those birders are really going to come the, after you. I know the burgers are going to come after me, but I'm not worried about that because I'm saying if I put food out in nature and an animal eats it, mission accomplished. <laughs> okay. That's a good point. Anyway, uh, I didn't know my wife hated squirrels so much or else I wouldn't have done this. I do topic. love squirrels. I just like to present all sides, you know? That's not something we do on this show. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I feel so cross-examined. <laughs> um, hey, thank you for listening. And thanks for sticking with us through these these uh, these here shorts. Uh, hopefully, we'll only have like maybe one or two more uh, in this tiny yeah, tiny bite sized format. For both of our boys to be under the care of others eventually, yes. at which point we can start making shows that aren't so frantic. Yes, uh, I kind of like the half hour format. If I'm being honest, it feels good. It feels yeah, good to me, yeah, and we yeah. can do real deep dives into things yeah, like squirrels. Maybe play some games. Maybe. <sighs> <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I don't know. So, like, the, is it like we Jimmy Fallon? Have, we don't have any real, like, without the poetry corner, which is a segment. We yeah. don't really have any other segments. And I think maybe we could play some games. I mean, we have small wonders and ads. <laughs> <laughs> which is a game for us because we do win. Sure, sure. Um, hey, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. They got so many great shows. That you're just going to love. You should go and find a new one that you haven't listened to before. Yeah, if you haven't checked out Depression Mode yet, you yeah. should. The critics are raving about yeah, Depression Mode. Yeah, they are raving. Um, in a good way. Um, they could be you know, raving or angry about it, but they're not. They, they're, <laughs> they're loving it. Um, and I think that's it. The baby has stayed asleep for this entire, I mean, this is a 27-minute recording so far, so let's not like go throw in any parades or anything <laughs> like that. But this is our first recording we've had in a while that didn't get interrupted. Should and we just keep going? It feels like, honestly, it feels like a, a waste to stop before the baby Should we Thelma and Louise this and just hold hands and Just and hold hands, going? but they wouldn't, the audience wouldn't hear that. So what's like the audio equivalent of holding hands? Have you seen Thelma and Louise, by the way? Um, the one where they jump off the thing? Yeah, it's the whole movie. <laughs> it's sad. That's sounded, I know that that's how it ends and it sounds sad. So no, I didn't watch. If I know a movie has a sad part in it, no, oh, not even interested it. in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no thanks. Because I like, why would I get invested in these people if they're about to chomp it? No thanks. Okay, so what is the audio equivalent of holding hands? Is that we, what you asked? Yeah. Can we rub our noses on the mic? That's probably good. Is that is that picking up? I think it might be picking up. Get, let's, uh, Rachel, can you boost the boost the bass on that and let's get it really bumping. <laughs> and this is good too because it exfoliates. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.